Hi, my name is Vasiti Ritova, an award-winning journalist. I'm from the Fiji Islands. I'm in my mid-50s. I'm mom to two boys, Mosese, 31, and Epi, 17, soon to be an adult at the end of this month. I'm grandma to Junior, who's six, and my granddaughter Vasiti, who's named after me, she turned three last September. I'm Badidi to thousands of friends the world over, buds to many, and a relative to those whose bloodlines mine have crossed in all sphere in traditional family structures. It's the afternoon of Monday, 16th March, 2020, and suddenly I have this intriguing interest to create my own podcast channel in order to tell my stories. I did a test last night, and I believe it's a good start. That one was about a bucket list, something I just cooked up in order to see how my own podcast channel would sound like. Many of my friends know me that I have an ability, an unmatched ability to pull words from deep within my belly to construct storylines and use my unique plotting processes to shape my stories. My podcast is called Fijian Caregiver in America. It will provide you, my listeners, with a running commentary on what my fellow caregivers and I experience in this humbling, noble profession out here in America. I can safely say that um, there's well over 10,000 of us. This is my story. A portion of it is taken off a very honest book I'm writing to document my experience. The book is aptly titled, I did my own title, On Holy Ground in America, The Footprints of a Fijian Caregiver. listening to a God-given commodity that contains some of my most compelling scripts. As far as perspective in the different seasons of my life, this podcast is a knees-down, hands-up product. It's full of my footprints, my imprints, my trails, my marks, my trajectories, and my DNA, many traces of them, and recorded in this podcast with deep, unabated convictions, are my impressions of a decade-long God-given caregiving assignment in this great nation. All of the lines, the arcs, and the curves of this work have thrown me onto 
many personally enriching and remarkable situations as far as this segment of my journey is concerned. As I developed my sense of transformation as far as a career change, from being an international award-winning journalist and a deep thinker, to a personal decision to try new things in America when I arrived this month, 10 years ago, I can safely tell you an undeniable experience has rendered me vulnerable as a Christian, as a single mom, and as a loud advocate for basic human rights. Fortunately, America has covered me in all three. Doing a podcast about my life as a Fijian caregiver in America is both exhilarating and intimidating. By the way, I carefully listened to the soul of it before engaging. This month, 10 years ago, March of 2010, and for 10 enjoyable years, traveling up and down California, especially in the beautiful Bay Area and along the peninsula, my story is just like any other immigrant chronicle. There's a percolation of emotion in all of the work's tones and complexities. The intricacies of soul meeting soul in caregiving beautify the journey. Most of what a caregiver experiences are hidden behind closed doors. It's not a spectacular job, nor it is a pageant. But God, I tell you, creates caregiving. For human beings who possess seeds of kindness, of compassion, of empathy. Those who don't must not do it. My proficiency is for the job, or the lack of them in some cases, have wonderfully intertwined with the beauty of this blessed nation called America. Spanning the iconic Golden Gate Bridge or the pretty long San Mateo Bridge by Golden Gate Transit buses as I cross county lines from San Francisco into Marine and Sonoma counties for jobs up north offer personal kicks. The comfortable and safe multi-scenic rides in Amtrak trains to Sacramento or San Jose from Richmond or in magnificent Caltrains from Menlo Park to San Francisco every morning and back, watching all sorts of people at the city-to-city pick-and-drop stations support my quiet moments of deep thoughts and reflections as I listen to some good music. The smaller bar trains rattling up and down the peninsula covering north, south, west, and east bay crisscrossing the highways in all five lines, going in and coming out of tunnels, is quite an experience. And the munibuses and light rail trains in and around the city of San Francisco provide an occasional opportunity to converse with a homeless person, buy him a coffee, have a yummy Panera bread soup on the other side of the busy 4th and King Street crosswalk, in San Francisco or check out the strawberries and peaches at Safeway. 
any form of conveyance to my appointments blow into me like zephyrs of pleasure when the living positions didn't come by. The colors and moods of the seasons, the beautiful flowers of Redwood City, the loud blue jays, and the handsome little hummingbirds of Watsonville, the sweet-smelling orange blossoms of Coralitos are stuff that make my heart glad. Munching on San Francisco sourdough bread covered with drizzles of luscious organic California olive oil, or squeezing Maya's lemon juice over broccoli and cherry tomatoes really helped during a busy day at work. Sounds yummy, okay? Trader Joe's raw honey in my peach teas, mint jelly on roast, or generous dollops of melted butter over Dungeness crab meat do wonders after the arduous tasks. Wonderful friends have offered me rides in their fancy cars and SUVs, and their garages, living rooms, and a warm bed to crash on before the skedaddle the next morning. The enthusiasm and challenges are even. Caregiving is an absolute noble calling. Many people with their captivating American stories and faith continue to enthrall me to this day. A lot of us have become friends with all these families that we look after. And some of these stories deserve recognition and are worth sharing. I'll share a lot of them on this new journey in my podcast. The intimidating part and the challenges are not for public consumption, though. But some fun tidbits have helped me realize that caregiving has both oodles of happiness and infusions of challenges alike. With lots of humor and patience and some absurdity and sprinkles of love in between. Many senior citizens no longer recognize the world around them. Therefore, compassion is a must. Lots more wonder why new things, quote-unquote, are happening daily, or why total strangers, quote-unquote, or shadows, quote-unquote, walk in and out of their homes. Therefore, as a caregiver, kind consideration is a must. Through it all, the Fijian caregiver or any caregiver for that matter, has quite an obligation. In May of 2010, I decided to join a growing community of expatriate Fijians who do caregiving in California, USA, the benefits and specifications of my R1 US visa had pleasantly shocked me. It allowed me to stay, to work, and or study full-time or part-time 
get a social security number, apply for a green card and get it easily, and also get my family over. If I wanted, he had provisions for change status. The U.S. Embassy in Suva had offered the same visa when I traveled to New York for an assignment at the United Nations in March of 2015. My 47th birthday and second Mother's Day without my sons both fell on my first job in California. I had wept big tears during the 2005 Mother's Day in Auckland, New Zealand. My sons, Moses and Epi, 17 and 3 at the time, were at two different locations in Fiji while I helped to produce a community newspaper for a dear friend, the late Meraloma Loma, one of Fiji's most ingenious career women and media stars. Looking at the promise of favorable opportunities in America, I opened my blue passport to the U.S. visa page in March of 2010, held it up to heaven and said, Lord, what does this mean for me? The first thing I did, of course, was pray. And I called to share the information with a friend, Salsei Nimalo. We proceeded to go to a Chinese restaurant. She remembers this very well in Sunnyvale. And uh, with a handful of quarters, some nickels, some dimes and pennies in our pockets, we paid for a cheap Chinese meal and sat down to talk about our future in America. Together, ours is a collective immigrant story, Salas and mine. We both had successful careers back home with promises of promotion and or advancement, but we were collectively appalled at Fiji's ongoing and exhausting political disorders and mayhem. Um, she had a work visa for New Zealand. She was also looking um, for some sort of moral support in her decision to migrate there. For Fiji, as hub of the Pacific, she had her prestige and significance. But Sal and I both believed that this was quickly weakening in our view. And our dismay at how things were panning out was unbroken. Nobody was going to tell us what we felt. But we were not too ready either to face the challenges of living and trying to survive in this great land called America. Our prayers pinned down some decisive stuff. Our decision that day focused on our future as migrant women in America. Far too many folks back home see the Fijian caregiver community in America as having one of the most substandard and low-grade jobs on offer in the USA. Many of us read of their vile social media comments about the scope of work involved. I ask them a question. Don't they know that angels first broke the wonderful news of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ to shepherds in Bethlehem. Shepherds were outcasts. They were social outcasts. They held a substandard job and were looked upon as undeserving. But they got the most beautiful piece of world news first out in the fields of Bethlehem. So a caregiver is like a shepherd. We get to get the very first piece of information in this kind of job. A 
As far as some statistics in the U.S. alone, it's estimated that more than two million people do caregiving, this type of work. Most are women and many are immigrants. Often there is mounting pressure to address working conditions. There certainly is a marked difference between the amount of work we do as caregivers, what we offer, and what it gives back to us. It's more than a day-to-day partnership and thousands of families are under our care have lived brilliant lives in this great nation and many individual achievements are magnificent. We've hung out with retired military officers, with Catholic priests, with moms, dads, with doctors and nurses, train operators, evangelists, all sorts of lawyers, fighter pilots, CEOs, authors, business folk, psychologists, painters even, veterans from all the wars, mechanics, firemen, policemen, self-made elk hunters, insurance brokers, business executives, wine growers, company managers, grandmothers to presidential staffers, and even millionaires. We hang out with them on a day-to-day basis. We all look after them. They've all spoken into our Fijian lives and mindsets. Let me tell you something. Even Mr. Deep Throat, if you remember, he himself was part of it all. Yes, Mark Felt had a Fijian caregiver in his last days in Santa Rosa. In my opinion, there's nothing too uncommon about being a CEO, a pilot, an artist, or a caregiver. Because human beings need their comfort, their dignity, and their welfare protected, and a safety net around them. Caregiving is akin to any other kind of work. The interview and recruitment processes are the same. Families, agencies, family lawyers, powers of attorney, they all deal with your qualification, your experience, your aptitude, your attitude, your understanding. I found out pretty quickly that it's a God-given assignment. And the best part is we are key components in a throng of overseas-based citizens who contribute nearly $400 million, Fijian dollars, in remittances to the country's treasuries every month. Nearly all of us held down good jobs back home before moving across. High school principals, teachers, military officers, civil servants, journalists, airline staffers, bankers, civil rights activists, diplomats even, business executives, church pastors, university graduates, court clerks, radio and television producers, technicians, television personalities, insurance workers and housewives. Even traditional community leaders and chiefs do this job in the United States. And yes, many of us grew up listening to classic American country music on our local radio stations in the 1970s and watched many many American soapies on VCRs before TV came in 1991. I'm no Lisa Harper, if you know who she is, but at our age, we're of the same age. We enjoy the good stuff through God's abundant favor and grace. Our season in life must carry on. They bring us our joy 
and raise many areas in our lives as God the Creator continues to carry us through His earth. God has brought many people together, some I know and some I don't, to bless my sons and me. We are sowing, we are growing, and many times towing. Before the move to America, Moses, Epi, and I were reasonably happy, living comfortably in a cozy three-bedroom house in Nosori, a bustling town and uh, an hour away from the capital, Suva. We enjoyed our um, simple pleasures, kept our peace, said our prayers, and relied on God's grace for our future. Blessings, family, intimate friendships and love were abundant. We appreciated our existence and verve and enjoyed our constitutional Sunday afternoon belly and suey meals, meaty bones and Fijian spinach. The best part was having a village to visit family on the other side of the country. Leaving our newspaper office mid-February 2010 to come to America is an unforgettable decision. It's not regretted either. My very first annual long service leave in my entire working life, my goodness, had just come by 20 years late. I almost always felt my editors ganged up on me because I was assigned to work every holiday, every weekend. Well, at that day, on that day, I now looked forward to watching rugby with my friends in Las Vegas that month and to also enjoy a neat California vacation. The fun memory of Vegas, apart from rugby that weekend, was learning how to play the slot machines for the first time at our hotel casino. It would also be my last to do it. It's not too attractive to me but I was given $60 by the late Desai Tuvanovo and I won at least $380. What do you do? You cash out. <laughs> now, back in California, I began listening to Fijian caregivers' accounts of the work at community gatherings. I picked up its scent single moms do this when you want to survive. So I read books that told stories about it and in the process began studying trends and what the vocation involved. Caregiving emphasizes human connection. Caregivers learn to cope with or counter the devastating health effects of all types of chronic illnesses on older people, old and young. We stand in the gap during subsequent social isolation. There had been an estimation of nearly 22,000 Fijians in the United States when I arrived, the Census Bureau said. An extraordinary high percentage of them, by some estimates as much as 90% were or had been caregivers. That was a report by the Press Democrat of Sonoma County. It's based in Santa Rosa. Local press have also produced quite a few stories of immigrants taking to caregiving as a means to surviving in the United States. 
some Fijians have done it as a family business, but many often regard it as a religious calling. I count in that category. Almost all of us have strong Christian faith, uh, primarily Methodist and Evangelical, and we are directed by our culture in Fiji and religious beliefs to maintain our social obligation to attend to others. Most of us, uh, for most of us, caregiving is a job assumed by default an economic necessity. Like almost everyone else, I arrived in the United States in the middle of Fiji's worst economic downturn. Doors had begun closing for promotion or professional growth at various workplaces. Witch hunting and fake news were rife. People had suspicion and skepticisms about the politics of everything. What we regard as coconut wireless back home rang incessantly. It was up to you whether to pick up the calls. Like every media outlet in town, the newspaper I worked for was also targeted by the military regime. And censors were sent to the newsroom daily to radically change copy and content. They joined the regime and some of them have now become the mouthpiece, earning thousands of dollars in advertisement every year. One of my bad experiences was when I wrote a story about Rote Mumukepa, paramount chief of one of Fiji's three confederacies of traditional alliances in Fiji. It was harshly doctored. I lost on all confidence in my editors. I felt absolutely violated in terms of my career as a society watchdog. I was privileged to work with Rote Mumu and a team of media personalities from her province, Rewa, to provide consultation on a number of provincial projects. She took leadership on them. She later became Fiji's first lady leader of opposition and sits in parliament today as parliamentary representative of her province, Rewa. Uh, Fiji has been through four military coups and their ongoing effects have pushed many people to go overseas for work. The chance stared right at me at the end of February 2010. so started my next season in life at this occupation in California. My social media journals have documented my most profound caregiving moments. The postings in pictures, in videos, and general sentiments have continued to reflect the overpowering experiences of caregiving in America. My Facebook Instagram, my Twitter and YouTube accounts have helped me immensely to document some of my most intense stretches in caregiving. I occasionally go back to them to gather my life and reflect on it 
celebrating my achievements and seeing my work as a great blessing from He who designs my purpose. I believe it's an integral continuing portion of my seasons. My calling, my purpose in this life, and to me, I have continued to read those stories, to view the photos, and watch the video clips, to listen to the sound of it all. This podcast is going to try and document the beauty of standing on holy ground as God begins to call my patients home in their last hours on earth. Suddenly, I am bound to hold their hands, both physically and in spirit, to acknowledge God's sovereignty, to pray and ask for His overwhelming love and mercy as I usher the senior citizens through the door to eternity. For the 10 years that I've had fresh encounters with God during my work. I've been hungry for new and deeper insights into his love and care for both my patients and me. I realized that my most critical duty is to stand with a dying human being and talk to God about the end of his or her journey while acknowledging my very own vulnerabilities. The title of this podcast was born out of the intensities of what I have continuously experienced in this ministry on holy ground in America is, in my view, an apt illustration of how sacred it is to hold the hand of a dying human being and stand in the presence of God. It's when I see my burning bush. I've had to untie my shoelaces a few times because of the overwhelming presence of God in the rooms my patients and I are in. There is a high hope and an abounding understanding of who God is. And yet, there is a very human feeling of fear that it's time to face the Creator. The suffering I often see during my assignments is like walking through an incredibly dark tunnel, but the blessed assurance of His grace, His peace, His care, His voice, the suffering of His precious Son, Jesus Christ, and our living hope is tremendous. It is like standing on holy ground.